The following program is underwritten by... Do you have a dog that pulls? The Halty product range by the Company of Animals has something to help stop your dog pulling. From the Halty harness to the Halty OptiFit head collar. Company of Animals. For all your pet's training and behavior needs at www.companyofanimals.us. Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And Judy has booked another humdinger, if I might say so myself. Tippi Hedren will be back on with us, of course, Tippi, the great actress from, well, The Birds. Oh, yeah. Ask your dad. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. The Birds. Outdated reference. Uh, but, of course, uh, Melanie Griffith is her uh, offspring. Yes. And Melanie Griffith used to hang out with these Really? Big, I didn't know that. Yeah. Don't you yeah. remember the pictures of her hanging out with big tigers? Or they used to have a big, uh, no, it was a, it was a lion. They used to have a big lion, Neil the Lion. And there was lots of pictures circulating with Melanie actually sleeping in the same bed with yeah. a lion and hanging out in and doing homework. Mm-hmm. A big thing that Tippi Hedren now regrets. And, of course, she's been on the show. And, in fact, we had the honor of uh, broadcasting live from her uh, sanctuary, oh, what was that, 2003, four? Yes, it was so awesome. She took us on a tour of her house, and her bedroom was surrounded. She had a chain-link fence around her bedroom because it was actually on the preserve, and the she actually had a liger, which is a cross between a lion and a tiger, yeah. that came up to the window and would just purr and chirp and stuff. So you're standing there in her bedroom looking out the window, and there's this huge <laughs> face of this liger walking around it was just awesome. I didn't know they didn't crossbreed. Yeah, yeah, they they, yeah, she has one called a liger. We have pictures of that liger over at the Animal Radio website. And in fact, the most searched item at the Animal Radio website is liger. Just a, it's, a little tip. It's cute. It's big, but it's cute. So uh, we got that on the way in just a few minutes. Joey Volani, what do you got on the show? I'm not going to give away too much. I'm going to just say it was my favorite tip in 2014, and that's the way I'm going to kick off 2015. Oh, so you're like recycling. You're you're getting green I'm, I'm, for I'm, the new I'm, year. I'm re. You know what? This listen. You got to recycle. I don't know who didn't hear this, and this is a, this is a, like I said. This is my favorite tip. Well, Judy just handed me this news story that came out of uh, I don't know where San Jacinto. I don't know. Coco. I think there might have been a typo there in the beginning. I think this is Florida. No, Riverside. This is California. Riverside. It's that Riverside, California, which is uh, just outside the L.A. area. A uh, reddish-brown pit bull with white markings went missing from her Southern California home on Thanksgiving. And nearly a month later, she was found. and She was reunited with her owners, but she was a different color. A different color? Different color. Riverside County Animal Services said they scanned the animal, got the right microchip, Uh made the match. But the dog was uh, apparently died. It uh, was oh colored. Oh gosh! And it was. They think it. They believe it was stolen and died as an act of deception to make it harder for owners, the owners, to find her. Well, that's like you know, people steal your car and they paint them. Yeah. Wow. I didn't think they did that with I wonder, animals. I wonder if they were stealing it to keep the pet or to you know to um, sell it, use it as bait or, or whatever. Or, or you know, I mean, it's um because I mean, why would you um. Why would you colorize the dog unless unless it's the neighbor? Well, officials believe the dog escaped from the thief's property. Who knows what was going on there? But uh, that's interesting. That's the first time I've ever heard of that. Yeah. 
Has anyone asked you to dye their dog? I mean, yes. Have they done it? Uh, ask you to dye their dog to a different color? Make it look a different color to to be deceptive. I've never been asked like to, to like to, to dye it to another natural color um, that was different than than the natural color they already had. Like I would never, I never had someone have a brown dog and say I wanted black. Usually they'd want it pink or purple or something like that, or back to the to the original color. But um, no, I've never um, done that before. So you've never partake. In any illegal activities like that, I, I see. Well, good. I didn't expect that you would. You, of course, are the dog. What, are you, what are you holding me like a suspect here? I would never do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's kind of what it seems like. The ladies here want to think that you're kind of a bad boy at heart. You know, <laughs> girls like a bad. Boy. They do like the bad boy. So I was just trying to help uh, embellish that, uh, you know, aura that you have about gotcha. you. I appreciate you looking out for me like that. Hey, no problem. I'm a giver. Hey, let's uh, go to the phones. one 405 8405 for your calls right now for Dr. Debbie or for dog father Joey Volani. Well, hi, Olga. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for calling me. Yeah, where are you calling from today? Santa Fe Springs. Where Springs? Oh, Santa Fe. Like uh, the L.A. area? Yes. Okay. Well, I've got the whole dream team here. How can we help you? I have a new puppy. I've had her since she was six weeks old. And I'm trying to potty train her, but because I've never owned an animal, I'm not real certain if I'm doing this right. I don't know if I need a two pads, one for her, um, her poop and one for her urine. I'm not sure, so I just needed some assistance with that, if you could help me. Okay, let's talk potty. <laughs> so, so how old is your puppy right now, and what kind of dog? It's a Lasso, Asa, Opso. Okay, yeah. If I said that correctly. Okay. And, and so you... She's 10 weeks old. 10 weeks old. Okay, great. Now, you said you, you were doing potty pads. So um, is that the, the preferred method that you're going to long-term? That's what you're going to do for her as far as for pottying? I'm not really certain. I, okay. I would like to see her you know, go out and do her thing, but... Okay. Going to be well, that's perfect. So, so that's the first step that we need to do is you in your mind need to make these decisions. It's just like if you're having a kid, you know, are they going to go to public school, private school? You know, what potty method are you going to use for your puppy? And you have to set that and really stick with that. So puppies sometimes get a little confused when we give them different rules. We say it's okay to potty in the house if you go on this pad, but I'm going to eventually want you to go outside and to tell me when you need to go so that you can go outside. So what you need to do is to um, keep a consistent message. If you want your puppy to go inside, then we stay with the potty pads. If you want your puppy to go outside eventually, then let's train that puppy right now for that and make the message simple and make it clear. So I'm not a fan of doing these two things together. So I would say throw away the potty pads and you're going to need to make sure that you have a plan and the plan is going to be a schedule. And a schedule is so important when we train a puppy um, in potty training because they really need to know what we want. And a schedule sets it out. So write it down on a piece of paper. Get up in the morning, puppy goes outside. Puppy gets fed, puppy goes outside. Playtime. 15, 20, 30 minutes later, puppy goes outside. And really making sure you accompany the puppy when you go outside. So we don't want to just say, hey, go do your thing. You go with the puppy on a light leash. Go do your thing. You give a potty command. Always very important because that helps them understand with a verbal command in the future. So they go potty. You say, good boy, good boy. And then you give either a treat or praise. It's a very core basic thing. Go ahead. Now, 
my dog is on my puppy's only 10 weeks old and it only has a few of its shots it's is it okay for me to put the take the doggy out to the grass I yes absolutely was. Yes, okay. puppies should not be, you know, locked up in a house and for the fear of infectious disease that, to not have them receive puppy training. So potty training is essential. And if your, is your yard secure so other dogs aren't in there? Yes. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So don't be afraid of going outside. Now we do, as, as any, any situation, we want to pick up stool matter and not leave that sitting there. Yes. But no, don't uh, be afraid of taking your pet outside and, uh, and really just making sure that, you know, you're consistent. That is the key to everything with puppies. Um, sometimes it gets very t- tiresome and tedious. And it's hard. It's really hard to be consistent. You just get darn tired. Um, but, uh, you know, the, it, it will all pay off. Um, the more consistent and, um, you know, share, showering with positive praise. We don't try to use negative reinforcement. So don't rub your puppy's nose in messes. Don't yell and scold at them. Him. If you find the accident in the, in the making and you can say, no, 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 no. And then you take the doggy outside and praise when it happens in the right location. But really negative reinforcement goes, it, it can actually be counter productive and make some pups um, more afraid and less apt to do what we want in the future. So are you doing some of those other things there as well? Yes, I'm doing the majority of what you said, and I'm very consistent with her. So I will try that. And I really appreciate all your information. Thank you so much. Okay, well, great. Good luck with your little girl, Olga, and uh, let us know how things go. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Olga. We appreciate it. Toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to any one of the Dream Team. I want to welcome our brand new station, WBPS in Cambridge, Ohio. Welcome, 101.9. If you live in the Cambridge area, we have a brand new station that has Animal Radio 11 a.m. on Saturday. So check it out, WBPS. Thank you so much for joining the Animal Radio Network. Woohoo! Very exciting. There's two ways to ask your questions. You can call toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Or you can ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Now, it's a free download thanks to those folks over at Dr. Foster and Smith. And not only can you ask your questions directly from the app, but you can listen to past shows and go through our big library of resources. If you want to download that now, it is a free download. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. If you have a dog that pulls, like I do, come here, Max, and let me put on the Halty Harness. The Halty Harness will help your dog stop pulling by providing front body control. Check out the Halty range by the Company of Animals. It includes the Halty Training Lead, Halty Head Collar, Halty Training Harness, and the OptiFit Head Collar, which comes with a DVD training guide. To find a Halty range retailer near you, visit www.companyofanimals.us. It will change your life. Good boy, Max. <coughs> Ugh, cold winter weather. It makes my skin so dry, itchy, and irritated. Can I get some help, please, for this winter skin of mine? Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing has the strongest non-prescription itch medicine available. Its seven moisturizers help heal skin, so you'll stop itching and start feeling relief fast. Ah, my skin feels like it's been on vacation, even with 10 inches of snow outside. Itch-free, worry-free, Cortisone 10. Use as directed. Geico presents Fan Mail to a Pig. Dear Maxwell, first off, hope you are well. And I am. 
Seems like all you do is promote Geico's web and app abilities. And while I really enjoyed your last commercial where you talked about how I could take a photo of my VIN number and add it to my account all via my Geico app, I've got to think it doesn't leave you much time for anything else. Do tell. Sincerely, Miranda Morgan. Well, Miranda, thank you for asking. And this Geico spokespick does have time to do other things. For instance, I do a lot of VIN scanning to add a car. Just a tap away on the Geico app. Stressful things during the day can keep you awake at night. Instead of sleeping, your mind is still spinning from stress. Unisom is the help you need to fall asleep. Unisom sleep tabs are a clinically proven effective OTC sleep aid. You fall asleep 33% faster by easing into your natural sleep cycle. With Unisom, you wake refreshed and ready. Here's your morning traffic report. Unisom. A stressful day deserves a restful night. Use as directed active ingredient oxalamine succinate versus control in a clinical study. Hi, I'm Charlotte Ross on Animal Radio. Please remember to stay and neuter your pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio, my friend. We are celebrating our connection with your pets toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. That's simple to reach out to the Dream Team. Dr. Debbie and Joey Volani here for your questions. And this portion of Animal Radio was underwritten by Halty. Do you have a dog that pulls? Well, the Halty Optifit. Yes. Yeah, I know you do. You should, in fact, you know what? I'm going to give you one of these. Uh, it's the Halty Optifit head collar by the Company of Animals, and it helps stop your dog from pulling and enabling you to gently direct your dog's head like you would, like you were steering a horse. You know, have you ever ridden a horse, Joey? You can do the same. Uh, thing yeah, with I'm your not. Dog. I'm not good at it. I grew up in New, I grew up in northern New Jersey. Um, I'm not too good at it. Every time the horse would bend over to drink water, I fell off it. So. <laughs> well, you're, you're not to be riding your dog, but this collar will definitely help you steer your dog. And you can learn more at the website and find a Halty Range retailer at www.companyofanimals.us. And uh, let's go to line four. We have Ruby on the phones. Hi, Ruby. Hi. How are you? Where are you calling from today? Um, I'm great. From um, California. Okay, well, I have the whole dream team here to answer your questions. What's on your mind? Fantastic. I have a crazy cat. (laughs) I have have a very beautiful three-year-old, almost a three-year-old cat, who sprays um, in the house. Okay. It seems like it it sprays when it gets excited, and it's usually towards me, towards my bed or where I'm sitting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and um, I know it's a behavior thing. We gave him away for a month to change the behavior, and he didn't pee in our friend's house at all. Okay. And then as soon as we brought him back home, he pees again. And okay. it seems like he's getting every day now. Oh, boy. Okay. And he, you said he's three years old. He's neutered? Yes. Okay. And is he the only cat in the house? Yes. I have a cat there- and a dog. Okay. And are there other cats in the neighborhood nearby, or is he pretty much an inside kitty? No, he's in and out, and they're, they're, it doesn't seem like we have any cats around us. Okay. All right. Well, you are right. And what you're describing is um, certainly sounds like it's more urine marking, which is a territorial behavior. Um, so th- the difference is with 
with inappropriate urination, when a cat urinates out of the box and we think, oh gosh, is it an accident? Is it a medical problem? Some of the things we look at to help determine that. One mm-hmm. with urine marking is that cats tend to spray um, in more vertical arrangements. Um, they mm-hmm. also tend to go towards um, the owner's belongings, beds, uh, laundry. Um, and, and they also tend to poop in the box fine, but the urine um, may sometimes happen in the urine in the litter box and may not always. So so those are some of the characteristics we look at when we say, okay, this is really more of a behavioral problem. Um, the challenge is that we really, something in your home, there's stressors there. When cats do this, um, they feel the need to mark their territory, just like a, you know, a graffiti tagger going out and saying, hey, this is my, uh, my territory. And that's what he's doing. He's communicating with that. It's not anything spiteful, but yet he's feeling the need to do this. So what we really need to do is look in the home environment and decide what it is. Is it the dog? Is it the house? Um, are there outdoor cats nearby? Is there something in the environment that's unfavorable for him that's making him feel insecure that he has to say, hey, this is where I live? Um, so that, that can be a tough thing over the phone to necessarily figure out, but I do kind of just challenge you to look around the house and in the environment. Um, if we find well, something, then we try we to change had, it. We had we, we were living in a different house, so he was peeing, again, um, all over the place and outside, and we just moved here. He stopped for two weeks. He was actually going to the little box and using the little box, and we had like three, four of them just in okay. case. He needs to do it. So he wasn't doing it until uh, our cable person came in and somehow he bumped it, the little box, dropped all the little. And from then on, he's continuing peeing all over the house. So what was bumped? The, the little box got bumped and went all over the ground. Okay. And well, he was in it? Triggered. Sorry? Was, did it happen while he was in it? No, no, no. It, he wasn't oh. in it. But okay. for somehow, some, for some reason, he his um, behavior restarted. Okay. All right. So a co- week was using the little box very nicely. Okay. So a couple things that I'm going to ask you to do is that in the environment, um, I like the idea that you've offered alternate litter box sites. It's very important. But I also want to make sure that we give him other things that are very important to cats. So they like to perch. They like to get to high places. And they like to hide. So... Mm-hmm. Um, I would like you to duplicate and add more um, cat trees, window um, hammocks or seats, um, mm-hmm. things that he can kind of get into and on top of. A cat that is up high feels safe and secure and is going to have um, a much happier uh, domain. Um, mm-hmm. The other things that I'm going to ask you to do are going to involve um, the areas where he is going and that you don't want him to go. So you mentioned he was going on the bed. Is that correct? On the corner of the bed, and now he's doing on the corner of the couch in the living room. So when we're dealing with corners of objects, what I'd like to do is actually take um, aluminum foil and dangle mm-hmm. long sheets of that and secure that in some fashion to your couch um, or to the side of your bed. And the idea is when a cat urinates against aluminum foil, it makes that tinny sound, which they don't like. So it's mm-hmm. a very um, kind of gentle way of using a deterrent there. The other thing that I am a big fan of, whether you have to put it on beds um, or on just carpeted areas or just areas where the cat might pass that you don't want them to go, that that's just a high urine site. 
we're going to take um, those plastic carpet runners, turn them upside down. They've got those little kind of pokey things. And we're going to put those in the area just to make it a little less appealing for him to go in that area. Um, and then some other things we can use like citrus sprays and so forth. Um, those, those can be helpful. But the thing I'll tell you is that all these things environmentally for a cat that's spraying, some will work all by themselves. Other cases, and the vast majority of cats that are urine marking, they do require some help with drug therapy. And this is where you'll have to work with your veterinarian. Um, they may want to check a urine test just to make sure things are truly okay before they go down that road. Um, mm-hmm. But I often will find that I need to use things like Prozac or Clomipramine and really just get into that um, that. With just environmental changes, unless we have something clearly that's been changed or um, added to the home environment that's distressing the cat, we really mm-hmm. need to get into drug therapy. So to get the best success, um, you know, that's where I would really recommend you you look at going. Yeah, we have used that um, um, band that goes around the neck uh, mm-hmm. for the scent. Apparently, the scent helps them out. We have used mm-hmm. that. Um, I didn't like it. It makes him look like a zombie. <laughs> Yeah. He's drooling, yeah. and his eyes popped out. So it's kind of... Um, I'm not sure which one you're referring to, because pheromones really are not sedative in nature. Um, so uh, I, I'm not really sure that uh, you may be using the right type of product, but a pheromone collar or a pheromone diffuser That's can be helpful. Collar. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, well, just to make color. sure there's not other components in there, whether there's any kind of essential oils or anything that he could be having an adverse reaction to. And pheromones are not drugs, so let me point that out. That's a natural remedy. It's a great thing to try, but what mm-hmm. I'm advocating is, you know, talk to your veterinarian about getting on some form of either a pill or a liquid um, to help manage the behavior. Very important. Okay. 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 Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you okay. very much. Good luck. Thanks for your Thanks. call, Ruby. Have a great day. Happy New Year to you. Let me tell you. Yes? If um, I have had a cat mocking in my house, um, I'd use a band around its neck, too. It's called a noose. Oh, you see, you're oh, just not a cat you, person. That's, that's, no, I, I love cats, but I'll tell you, that's that's a tough one. That really is. I mean, unless someone has dealt with that, I mean, that is a tough one. I, I had a... I had a cat. Um, well, actually, I, I had a girlfriend that I lived with years ago, and um, she had a cat. And she moved into my apartment, and the cat, for some reason, just didn't take well to me. And it would mark on my sneakers, on anything that was mine. Um, the cat would mark, and that's it. Don't it doesn't come out. It's, forget it. You might as well just throw it away. This is Animal Radio. There is a movement, a movement to simplify, a movement to find balance. It is a movement that's defined in every Bosch kitchen. Bosch kitchens are designed to be everything a modern kitchen should be. The precise technology in every Bosch appliance was invented with you in mind. Side-opening oven doors that give easier cavity access. Induction cooktops with zones that adapt to the size of your cookware. Dishwashers with a third rack to fit cutlery, whisks, and tongs. And with flush installation, the Bosch Kitchen gives you a clean, integrated, and definitively European look. There is a movement to value simplicity as a luxury. There is a movement toward perfection in every detail. There is a movement toward the 2014 Bosch Kitchen. Step up to a Bosch Kitchen package of three or more appliances and get a 10% rebate. See the new Bosch Kitchen at your Bosch retailer.
You know canine caviar for their great human-grade ingredients in your dog's food. We now continue that tradition and excellent pet nutrition with seven single-serving cat food trays. We love our cats and dogs, and that's why we're featuring all human-grade tuna, salmon, and chicken proteins with other hand-chosen ingredients to promote proper nutrition. They're in environmentally friendly, recyclable, BPA-free plastic trays. Look for canine and feline caviar products at your local pet supply store or online. For more information, call 800-392-7899. Hi, I'm Junior, Director of Marketing for Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for us dogs. I have the best job in the world, sniffing out hotels and destinations where they roll out the red carpet for canines and humans alike. To find out where I've been lately and to learn how you can travel like me, pick up a copy of Fido Friendly magazine at your local bookstore or subscribe online at FidoFriendly.com to find out what all the barking's about. The Movie Man six-second review starts now. Charmless, ill-conceived, and borderline insufferable. The sun won't be coming out anytime soon for Annie. I'm out. Do you have trouble skin or acne? With Proactive Plus, your acne can heal, and you can help prevent new breakouts from happening. Call Proactive Plus now and receive a 60-day free trial, along with two free extras and free shipping. Call 800-677-6111. That's 800-677-6111. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order. Visit fosterandsmith.com I'm Tammy Trujillo. Body art is not for animals, at least not in New York. It will soon be a crime throughout that state to pierce or tattoo a companion animal. There's an exception for markings under a veterinarian supervision or for a medical reason or ID, something like that. And then those tattoos can only be numbers and letters specifically for a tattoo identification registry. The law doesn't apply to the ear tags you put on rabbits and guinea pigs. The penalties, they range from up to 15 days in jail to fines of about 250 bucks. And when he signed the bill into law, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo called tattoos, just for the heck of it, as animal abuse, pure and simple. Several other states now have similar laws on the books as well. Interestingly, the laws were prompted by people showing off what they did to their animals on the Internet, including one woman who was piercing kittens and selling them as gothic, and tattoo artist, this guy, he showed off his dog's tattoo, saying he did it after the dog had surgery and while this dog was still out under anesthesia. Well, most of us would not even imagine leaving our pet out in the freezing cold of winter. And the city of Pittsburgh now has made it illegal to tether dogs and leave them outside or unattended for more than a half hour if the temperature falls below 32 degrees or summertime if it goes over 90 degrees. There's a $500 fine attached and the dog can be taken away from that person. The law goes even further now, regulating the type of tether and making sure that dogs have access to, have easy access rather to shelter, food, and water when they're outside. The first all-star dog adoption telethon, it was a huge success. The figures have just come out, and the producers of Cause for Paws, an all-star dog spectacular that aired Thanksgiving night, say it resulted in more than 4,400 people filing adoption papers for homeless dogs during the show. There were 70 dogs from rescues around the country featured on the two-hour telecast. More than 4 million people actually tuned in to watch. It was hosted by Hillary Swank and Jane Lynch. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies. Visit FosterAndSmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. 
Doctors Foster and Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian owned with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster and Smith has thousands of name brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. I would like to invite you to participate in a brief survey on personal values. I'll make a statement, and you simply think agree or disagree. Ready? Here we go. Statement one. My life is complicated, so I appreciate simplicity. Agree or disagree? Two. I tend to make my own decisions, which may or may not be the popular ones. Three. When buying luxury products, I don't mind paying for the best, but I hate to overpay. Four. I value both form and function. And five. I value pure, clean design. Now, if you agreed with these statements, you are the type of person for whom the 2014 Bosch Kitchen was designed. With unrivaled European design, it's a kitchen designed around our mutual values. It's a kitchen designed around life on your terms. The 2014 Bosch Kitchen: perfection in every detail. Step up to a Bosch Kitchen package of three or more appliances and get a 10% rebate. See the new Bosch Kitchen at your Bosch retailer. Hey, it's Vinnie Penn, your party animal on Animal Radio with your party animal segment. Just want to read a little something off to you that I got.、I、took my daughter to an art show, to an outdoor festival this weekend, and they had all sorts of different events.、Uh, I stopped by one booth, and they had this great brochure: Greyhounds as Pets, a great pet for all. With, of course, great being spelled G-R-E-Y-T. And this is from Pups Without Partners, which is a greyhound adoption program. I thought it was very cool because they're really bullet pointed why greyhounds are the, a, a great dog to get. They're the only dog mentioned in the Bible. That's the first thing they lead off with. There are biblical implications. If Jesus does return and you have a greyhound, you're saved. I like that they started with that. Good with well-behaved children is the second one. What if your son is like my son, Luke?、Uh, should I not get a greyhound? Chances are he's going to want to ride the greyhound. He will want to box with him. But no, actually, a lot of the other points were great. They're good with other pets. Very intelligent, clean, low maintenance. I know a lot. The shedding issue is big for a lot of people. Very used to human contact, and they can never wear flea collars or run loose, which I thought was was interesting.、It、says greyhounds have been raised with their litter mates and crave attention and affection. By nature, they are calm, laid back, and there were a few there, and it is true. It is a beautiful dog. Says they can live to be between 12 and 15 years old, and、uh, the adopt a greyhound. This, this program here says we've been very successful and have a hundred percent adoption rate since we began in 1995. I'm from Connecticut, but if you do want to check it out, it's at www.pupswithoutpartners.org. I'm just really stuck on the good with well-behaved children. Yeah, <laughs> Vinnie Penn, party animal on Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at animalradio.com. Log on, learn more. Animal Radio's Hero People is underwritten by Zuterin, a non-surgical alternative to dog castration. One injection provides a safe, permanent, and virtually painless alternative to surgical castration. Learn more at www.zuterin.com. That's Z-E-U-T-E-R-I-N.com. 
how long have you been married? You, um, I've been married 14 years. 14 years? Yeah. yeah. You know what? It's funny. Everything seems like just yesterday. Graduating high school seems like yeah. yesterday. Damn, we're old. Hal and I have been married yes. 15 years. And you, Debbie? Uh, I think it's somewhere around 18. Really? Yeah. You're wow. not even that old, are you? How can you be married? When did you get married? When you were 12? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 40-something. Really? It must be the Pepsi One. Uh, it, it's, it's a preservative, definitely. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, we have Skyping with us, Scott Blyce. Is it Blyce? Blyce. Blyce. Hey, Blyce. Scott, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you guys? Very good. Where are we uh, Skyping to you today? We are in um, north central Brazil. Really? How is it in Brazil wow. today? It's fabulous. It's uh, where we are. It's kind of fabulous every day. Um, it's, uh, it's it's perfect perfect weather, and especially perfect weather for elephants. Now, what are you doing down there? We are in the process of starting a sanctuary for captive elephants that are uh, suffering from the just the inherent neglect and abuse from captivity. Uh, there are over fifty elephants in South America, and there's really nowhere for them to go except for zoos and circuses. And so we're in the process of starting a new sanctuary for them here. And getting them out of the zoos and circuses. Absolutely. And, you know, the one of the big things that's happening is in South America, there are five countries that have banned performing elephants. And there are two more, uh, one of those being Brazil, that's uh, about to pass a national ban as well. And uh, that'll be seven countries in South America alone that have banned performing elephants. And there's really nowhere for them to go. Are they native to the area? No, these are all captive elephants. Uh, they're captured from uh, Africa and Asia. Uh, most were imported at infancy and taken from their families and, and uh, put into the, the captive animal industry, the, the entertainment industry. Most people think that these animals are very well kept when they're, uh, especially if they're, if they're your bread and butter as an entertainer, you would think that they're treated well and, and kept in large reserves. What is the true story behind these animals? Oh, the truth is grim. Uh, it's really quite tragic. And honestly, when I first started working with elephants, it was in a safari park. And uh, we were told this is kind of the best of the best kind of facility. And quickly learned that it's much that is lacking. The elephants really have a really tragic life. And it wasn't until we started the sanctuary in 1995, started a sanctuary in Tennessee, and a few years later, as the elephants started recovering from these ailments, that's when we started realizing just how deep the abuse and neglect really runs. Just every facet of their life is, is pretty much destroyed by captivity. And no matter how hard you try in a zoo or a circus, you just can't do right by them. Uh, there's no way possible to give them what they need in those environments. We are learning more and more that elephants are very, very sentient beings and really feel a lot of the emotions that humans do and grieving. We've seen them grieve. Have you had a chance to get up and close with any of these animals? Oh, absolutely. I've been working with elephants for over 25 years. What What is uh, the most amazing thing? Uh, how long do we have to talk? Um, <laughs> There's no way to put it in a nutshell. It is literally everything about them. It is their sensitivity, their acute awareness, their just sense of knowing. Um, they just seem to have an understanding of life that we only strive for. They're just remarkable all the way around. It's, it's a, Honestly, I've been asked a thousand times, what is it about elephants? And, and I have yet to be able to put it into words adequately just because they are just, just they're beyond words. They're beyond description in my mind. How do they, so these animals are coming from the performing world, and so how do they adapt when you first get them into the, um, the preserve? What do they do? What are they, how are they responding to that? It's completely different with every individual. It's, it can be as remarkable as, you know, 12 hours later, they are completely integrated into the herd, and there's others that struggle for a while. 
we see that actually zoo elephants struggle more than circus elephants because of the, the, the sterile lives that they've lived. Most of them have only lived in that box of, of a world for 25 or 35 years. Uh, one elephant had lived alone for 40 of her 47 years, and she actually integrated into the herd literally overnight. And those others that were had been bounced around from one zoo to another, and they struggled for weeks uh, to try to uh, kind of come back to an understanding and, and try, trying to, to find the comfort in this new environment. Uh, once that comes, once that starts, and once they start becoming themselves and realizing that they have autonomy, giving them their choice and, and uh, watching them kind of learn how to control their own life, it's miraculous what ends up transpiring. Uh, sometimes it can be, as I said, a, a struggle. Sometimes they want to be alone for a while. Uh, and the beautiful part about sanctuary is giving them that choice, giving them, giving them the opportunity for the first, in, first time in their life to make the choice between being alone or socializing or going for a walk and just, you know, seeking solitude for a couple hours and then coming back into the herd. And this allows, again, them to blossom. It allows for, for better herd dynamics. It allows for um, more positive social dynamics. It's just what transpires is, is, is astounding within a sanctuary. Sounds nice. I'd like to actually go to a sanctuary now. <laughs> just a little alone time. You know, not right now. I feel locked up a lot. But so you're in Brazil, but you have a sanctuary that's in Tennessee now. I recall talking to and correct me if I'm wrong, Judy. A Carol, 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 somebody who has a, a yes. sanctuary in Tennessee. Also, is that correct? Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, Carol and I co-founded the sanctuary in Tennessee okay. uh, in 1995, and uh, Carol left the Tennessee in Tennessee sanctuary in 2010. She's doing a lot of work in Asia, and I left in 2011. The sanctuary in Tennessee is still thriving. Um, and we're just spreading our wings to try to take what we've learned from elephants and, and, and help around the world. It warms the cockles of my heart what you're doing and that you're caring so much for these animals. You're my hero and, and the hero for our week. I want to thank you so much, and I want to tell people to go visit the website, elephants.com. Ele- Boy, that must have been a hard domain to get. <laughs> I'm going to give you a couple addresses. Okay. Uh, elephants.com is a sanctuary in Tennessee. Okay. Uh, the work that we're doing now is with a Global Sanctuary for Elephants. It's a new organization. And uh, that website is globalelephants.org. Globalelephants.org. And, of course, we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com. Scott Blaise, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Animal Radio's Hero People is underwritten by Zuterin, the only FDA-approved non-surgical method for sterilization of male dogs. Zuterin offers an alternative to neutering male dogs, thus helping reduce the pet overpopulation problem. One injection provides a safe, permanent, and virtually painless alternative to surgical castration. Zuterin, a permanent and cost-effective alternative to neutering male dogs. Learn more at www.zuterin.com. That's Z-E-U-T-E-R-I-N. This is Animal Radio. Oh, you know what that means. Must be time for... What does it mean? Dog Father Joey Volani, of course. You know, in the new year, maybe we should get a new theme. I'm just saying. We tried that. It didn't work, did it? Nah, it don't work for some reason. Okay, well... And then what would we do with the violin players? Yeah, they're union too, right? Yeah, you'd still have to pay them. Yeah, so we got to pay them, might as well have them, right? Okay, well, we'll keep that theme. By the way, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Stella and Chewies. Check out their little 
intro packs. These are like the cutest little uh, three and a half, excuse me, eight and a half ounce intro packs of Chewy's Chicken, Simply Venison, Stella Super Beef, Duck Duck Goose, and Phenomenal Pheasant. A great way to try the whole line and all the varieties Stella and Chewy's has to offer. Where Stella and Chewy's is sold. Ladies and gentlemen, the dog father, Joey Volani. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, and I'm going to recycle um, a um, tip from um, early 2014. Because it was my favorite tip in 2014, I figured, you know what, let's kick it off with this tip. Okay. okay. And it's the um, waterless shampoo tip that I have. And um, so many people now are using it um, where if you don't have time to bathe your dog and have them professionally clean, and you just need a quick cleanup. There's a few household items that you have. You probably have them in your cupboard, and you don't even know that they're there. They're in the back collecting dust, and um, so it's time to dust them off. And what you're going to do is you're going to pull out some. I used to always use OxyClean. I'm changing that because the formula of OxyClean has changed so much. Now they're putting detergents in it, where before it was um, you know, just straight powdered hydrogen peroxide. Um, but now they, they add detergents to it, so um, it's... It's, it's it's not as safe as um as as it used to be unless you could find just pure oxyclean um, mm. with with nothing in it. But to make it easier, let's get out the witch hazel that you have in the back that you never use. Yeah, what what is that why stuff we, for? Why why do we have that? I don't know. Uh, the only thing I can remember was when I was a kid in school. If you got poked in the eye, they used to um, put it on a cotton ball and say you close your eyes and hold it on your eye. And I think it was a um, a placebo, to be very quite honest with you. But that's that's the only thing I can um, think of. See, when I was in um, school, they showed us that it was an astringent. It's supposed to be a cleanser for your face. You put it on a cotton ball and you cleanse your face with it. Like a toner. Yeah. It smells like nasty. Well, see, it brings back well, a memory smell. I like the smell of it. I don't mind it. I like. I kind of like the smell. Me too. But um, anyway, this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna get out the witch hazel, and you could put it if you put it in a spray bottle. It would work easy. And if you don't, if you don't like the smell of witch hazel, add a few drops of lavender, um, essential lavender oil to it. Of course, Hal doesn't like the smell, so <laughs> that's something that he would probably do. And then you're gonna find and you get yourself a box of cornstarch. Um, that's another thing that you don't use all that often, but it's probably but everyone usually has it. Now you're going to spray your pet down lightly with um, the uh, witch hazel, and you're going to brush it through. Now what that's going to do is that's going to loosen up the dirt and oil. Just like Judy said, it's a cleanser, so it's going to help loosen the dirt and oil. But you need something to pull it away. And you could towel it off, but you'll never get it clean enough. So if you sprinkle on the um, cornstarch, what the cornstarch is going to do is it's going to absorb that dirt and oil left behind. And then you're going to continue to brush. And what it's going to do, it's going to fall down onto the floor or onto the table. Or you'd probably be smart if you put a towel under your pet first. Um, and then you could just shake out the towel and throw it in the laundry. But what it's going to do, it's not going to replace soap and water, but it's going to give you a clean cleaner pet, a pet that smells better, and something that, you know what, to just carry them in between baths, um, you know, just for those quick little cleanups that you need. And that's my favorite tip. That's your favorite one? That's my favorite one. You know why? It works so good. Hi, this is Joyce Stewart on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your animals. Thank you. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. You do that very well. That's what the uh, big cats over at Shambhala Reserve sound like. They're all very happy cats. 
and uh, kind of like a lawnmower. They are. They, <laughs> the whole earth shakes when they purr. And uh, our no good, kidding. good friend Tippy Hedren will be back with us once again today to uh, talk about some legislation she's trying to push through in 2015. About uh, she doesn't like this whole breeding thing of exotic cats, and I happen yeah. to agree with her on backyard that. breeders. Come on. Uh, so we'll we'll chat with her in just a couple of minutes. Hi, Gloria. Hi, how are you? Good. What's going on in your world? Good. Um, we'd like to trans um, my cats over to Hawaii, but we're really scared because I keep hearing that um, cat, you know, animals that fly in cargo uh, sometimes don't make it. I'm not sure. Um, it would be from LSX to Kona, Hawaii, and mm-hmm. it's about a five-and-a-half-hour direct flight. I know all the particulars about the vaccines and stuff like that, but okay. they w- they won't let them fly unless they're in cargo when they're going over to the island. Okay. And I was wondering how safe that was. Well, I'd have to say in the vast majority of pets that fly, um, the risk of incidence is very low. Um, but that being said, uh, I think in 2010 they had uh, 39 uh, different deaths and 56 incidents um, with air travel through the whole year. And that's across all the different airlines that travel with um, pets. So the numbers that are flying, that that's a relatively small number. But I would say the most important things are uh, careful selection on the right patients and the right pets to fly, as well as what kind of steps we need to take to ensure their safety and who might not be the best travel candidates. And and I can definitely help you with that there with some guidelines. How how do your kitties travel in general? Two of them travel really good. I have three Maine Coons. They're quite large, you know, 20, 25 pounds. Okay. And um, two of them travel really good. Uh, but the other one probably doesn't. I have okay. five cats to transport all together, three are Maine Coons, and I've seen them get hot before where they just start panting, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was just wondering, why can't they travel in the plane, you know, underneath the seats when they're going over there? Well, a lot of that may be set upon the airline's uh, travel policies, um, whether that's related to allergies or space accommodations. Now, being Maine Coons and 20 pounds, sometimes that can be um, a space accommodation issue because um, we want to make sure we don't want to shove a kitty into a carrier and not have room to ventilate and breathe, even within the cabin. So um, some of the most important things, and you say that they had some panting uh, when they travel. Um, for me, that can sometimes just mean a kitty's excited or overheated. But in certain breeds of kitty, um, if they pant when they're traveling or excited, it, it kind of puts a little bit uh, of a little flag up in my radar. Um, and f- for some kitties, and, and within the Maine Coons, not to freak you out or anything, but Maine Coons are a breed that can have a, a, a genetic tendency towards um, a type of heart problem. Um, so sometimes we get signs of it, sometimes we don't. But if we're planning a big travel, um, you know, it'd certainly be worthwhile to have the, especially the Maine Coon kitties, evaluated a little bit closer um, because we want to make sure we do everything possible to keep them safe. Um, there is a genetic test for uh, a very common type of heart disease called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, <laughs> or okay. HCM, in these guys that we really um, look at, especially in ragdolls and uh, Maine Coons. Um, there's a blood okay. test for that, or it 
can be a, a genetic cheek, cheek swab as well. Um, but you can see your veterinarian about that. Uh, Washington State, I believe, does the testing on that. Okay. Um, some some folks, if there's any incidence or any other concern, will do a, um, an ultrasound on the heart to evaluate that. Um, mm-hmm. But the genetic test can help to give you at least some uh, idea of how, how concerned you do or don't need to be about that. Um, but if your kitties did um, test positive for that genetic test, then, then we really would go about a very different way, and I'd counsel you differently than to say a normal kitty that uh, is perfectly healthy and, and been cleared by the veterinarian. Mm-hmm. So... In general, if we have kitties that have to go, or even dogs that have to go in cargo, we want to make sure those carriers are big enough. And, and that, for me, is the biggest thing. So for some kitties, especially those Maine Coons with lots of hair, um, I'll consider shaving them just to help keep them cool. Um, oh. As far as sometimes uh, frozen uh, ice packs can kind of help uh, keep the babies cool, especially if we offer that in part of their water for travel. Um, and then, you know, depending how anxious they get, um, we want to acclimate them to the carrier in advance. And that's probably the biggest thing for most people is, uh, making sure the kitty is not seeing that carrier as a threat, uh, going to the vet. Um, so really, if you've got time, and, and usually with Hawaii, there's several months when we have to make these preparations. So we can start feeding yeah. them in the carrier, um, putting them in the garage or in your car and feeding them in the car, starting to make that carrier a really positive association. Um, those steps I would really start right now and make sure we try to uh, get them as used to that as possible. On the deaths that happen for pets that are doing, was it heat? Was it cold? I mean, is that like really temperature good controlled? Because nobody sees them after they're put in the plane, right? Yeah. Now, I can tell you for dogs, um, 50% of the, the dog deaths that have occurred in airline travel, at least through most of the years, have been breeds that are brachycephalic, dogs that have the squished-in face uh, conformations. So those kind of animals have an increased risk of difficulty breathing in normal situations. So if you put them in a situation where they're excited um, or they're maybe having limited uh, heat exchange, um, then, then they might be more likely to have problems. Um, so other situations might be young dogs. Um, young animals, um, you know, juveniles that are so young that they're just m- maybe barely weaned, um, or older older pets that have uh, health problems. So I don't have all the specifics on those, but I can tell you that um, yeah. you know most of those um, there's either concerns with the carrier uh, size um, not being appropriate enough for the pet, so they're not getting well ventilated, um, or you know they've got underlying health issues that might be contributing to those uh, concerns for travel. I just found out uh, a couple of things that might be interesting to you. It's it's mostly on the tarmac that these de- deaths happen when the uh, the airplane's on the tarmac and it's hot outside. Uh, I mean, in most of the cases that we've seen, but they do keep the cargo at the same temperature, or they try to keep the cargo at the same temperature. And the reason why, because of customs. As far as for clearing once they arrive. Yes. So, yeah, and, and definitely for, you know, Hawaii is a rabies-free state, and, um, you know, that is a very serious thing that they take, uh, or thing that they take very seriously. So, you know, they want to make sure they account for all the, the doggies and kitties that are coming across. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Well, Happy New Year. We haven't said it yet to you. 
Hope you're having a good one. Toll free, the number is 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. Dr. Debbie's here, although she's kind of speaking quietly today. What, what's the deal? The too much partying on New Year's or what? Yeah, too much partying. And you know how you're like in a loud room, you're trying to have conversation, you end up screaming. So yeah, I've kind of got a little bit of a hoarse voice after the, yeah, that was the fun party. For what? What about it, Joey? That was some party, it sounds like. Yeah. It sure was, yeah. Yeah, we all but had you a wish good, we were there. Yeah, we all had a good time. Joey, you weren't invited? No, I wasn't invited. Wait, what's the know? deal? You were like fishing this year on New Year's? Yeah, I guess you weren't around. Yeah, listen, I was I was out in the ocean deep sea fishing, so you don't get to do that that often. But um I got I got an earful when I came home to my wife because I left her at home. What? You leave your wife home on New Year's? Wait a minute, she was at the party. <laughs> Listen, there you go. So, I'm glad. See, I'm happy you guys took care of her for me. So she wasn't I, I that mad after so all. Bad. Yeah, she was having a blast. Uh, let's uh, let's take care of business. We have Tippy Hedren on the show today, and this is uh, this has got to be her 15 millionth appearance. Plus Headless. the fact that we actually went down and broadcast from her Shambhala Reserve yes, we once. Did. That, was that was so awesome. Truly amazing lifetime experience. And yes. she's working on more legislation to uh, really. Take the whole exotic animal, wild animal, especially the big cats, out of the breeding and the, out of uh, the, the backyards yeah. as pets. I mean, come on. People think they're really cute, and they grow up, and then they end up at her sanctuary, yep. where she has, I think, between thirty and fifty animals. Is it? Yeah. Is it actually legal to have these? Um, you know, it, um, it pets is in a lot cap- of areas. Oh really? yeah, like in 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 the Las Vegas area, the exotic pets are very big. So you sure. you can have someone with a jaguar living next door to you, and it's not the kind that goes in the garage. <laughs> and that's legal. You know, we couldn't even have monkeys yes. in 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 New Jersey. When I was a kid growing up, I always wanted to, you know one of those squirrel monkeys. And um, you too, you know, huh? weren't allowed. To, yeah, we weren't allowed to have them because it was illegal. So well, I'm going to get one on my fiftieth birthday. <gasps> yep gonna get one so you can uh you can hang out with us and play with the monkey and i'm gonna divorce you on your 49th okay <laughs> a dog father joey Villani is also here to answer your questions toll free at 1-866-405-8405 we go to this one it's been blinking all afternoon go ahead okay. pick it up pal hey karen hello how are you doing i'm doing great how are you good where are you I live uh, right outside Chicago, Illinois, in Glen Ellen. Chicago. Okay. Well, what's going on with your pets? I have Dr. Debbie right here, and I understand you need to talk to her. Yeah, you know, I I was listening to your senior show, and you are talking about a lot of different things. But one thing um, that I didn't hear that was touched on is I have about, um, he's about 11 years old. He's adopted, so I don't know exactly. And um, he's got arthritis in his back end. And therefore, it's real hard for him to maintain um, muscle. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. if there's a way that I can, either through exercise or some type of diet, build muscle or at least maintain what he has because it, so it doesn't atrophy. Exactly. And that's the active word right there. So I'm so glad you said that, Karen. Um, when our pets have chronic pain, arthritis, it causes them to not use their muscles in the full range of motion. And that re- results in disuse atrophy. So the legs get skinnier. And then as a consequence of that, they get less strong. So pets may be unsteady. They may be wobbly. And they may not be as sure-footed. So that's kind of all that cascade of effect. And the basic problem is, arthritic pain there. So the most important thing is that we address the pain on many different levels. So that might be a combination of using joint supplements, might be non-steroidal pain medication um, that we might have prescribed by your veterinarian, 
And we might use like other pain medicines. There's a great one called tramadol that we use a lot for older pets um, as another way of attacking their pain. Okay. And then pill form or with a shot. I'm sorry. Is that pill form or is it with a shot? Tram- That's a tramadol, pill form. You called it tramadol. Yeah, and we can use that along with a lot of these other medicines to kind of complement them. So there's never just one product that I typically put my older pets with osteoarthritis on. I will use multi-modal uh, approach to this. So we try different things, and then some pets. Once we get all that on board, then we can really work on some s- soft exercise. Very short leash, leash walks. If we have a pool like we do in Las Vegas, swimming is a great muscle builder. It doesn't bear any weights on the joints and allows them to use their legs. So we want to make sure a pet is not going to be more uncomfortable. Um, if, if so, you have to control the pain first, but then that can be a great way to help build up that muscle. And in many areas and some big metro metro metropolitan big cities um, we have areas that have um, pet physical therapy departments and actually in Las Vegas there's a, a department in one of the specialty clinics where we have physical therapy to help build muscle tone in pets that are recovering from illnesses and injuries as well okay. as things like um, older pets with arthritis so that's a great thing now Another option, kind of in this multiple ways of hitting things, is um, there's a medicine called Adequan. And it's oh, he's another done that type. He has been on that. Uh huh. Did that help? Did that help him? It really, it really helped him tremendously, but it's, it's very expensive. So we kind of did it sparingly. Yeah, and, and that's the downside. It's an injectable form that helps to kind of rebuild the cartilage um, and help keep that joint as healthy as possible. And a lot of pets can really benefit from it, but it's because of the cost. Sometimes it's not the first thing that we'll jump to. But for a lot of pets that we've tried everything else in the world, it can really be um, very helpful for these guys. So Great. And what, what should he be sleeping on? Should he be sleeping on special bedding? That's a great comment. Yes, absolutely. For older pets, pets that have arthritic issues, I would definitely go for some nice padded bedding, make sure that we're not sleeping on hard floors, and we want to try to make sure that they're off cool areas. Um, a lot of times they're drawn to that, but we want to make sure they're not close to chills and things like that. So, yes, oh, nice, soft, padded orthopedic bedding is the way to go. So, yes, thank you for bringing up those wonderful points. And for our senior pets out there, there's a lot we can do. So, definitely Work with your veterinarian to find the right plan for your pet. Okay. That is wonderful. Go give your senior pet a big old hug from all of us here at Animal Radio. I appreciate your call. I will. Thanks for your help. 1-866-405-8405 to connect with any one of the Dream Team toll-free. And this one's for Dr. Debbie. Welcome to the show, Daryl. Hello. What's going on? I've got a, I think, a three-year-old, three, four-year-old English Mastiff, and uh, we've we've got a prior problems with her, such as, you know, kidney disease and, and other, you know, pretty healthy, though. Uh, but my wife was petting her the other day, yesterday, and she uh, felt a lump on the bottom of her throat. Uh-huh. And uh, she's got, you know, she's already got a couple little things on her back. You know, she's had checked out. They're like this or something, but not life-threatening. And uh, but she said this one just felt different. It was, you know, like it was further up in there and... You know, she's got her a vet appointment for Monday to go have her looked at, but I'm curious, is that something that could be cancer, or what could that be? Well, can you put her up to the, to the microphone? I want to get a, get a good feel of this. <laughs> Wish we could do that. <laughs> because that, that really will tell us quite a bit. Now, can you describe perhaps where, like, is it up by the point of the jaw, lower down around the throat area? 
Yeah, like lower down around the throat area. Is it uh, in the skin? Can you pull it away from her body, or is it attached? You know, I'm not certain, uh, but she, like I said, she does got a couple. One that's on her back, but it's more in her skin area. It's one that you can, mm-hmm. you know, take and, and grab and pull on if you want to. It doesn't hurt her or anything. She's had it looked mm-hmm. at by the vet, and that was nothing life-threatening or anything or nothing that's going to hurt her, but... But yeah, and can you, when you say playing with it, you know, I kind of have this thing. I'll, I'll be doing a, a physical exam with a pet and talking and listening to the, the pet parent, and I'll feel something, and, and my hands just get distracted, and I can't stop touching it. And so a lot of times with these kind of lumps and bumps, I'm already kind of playing with it while I'm talking to mom and dad. So um, I'll feel it, see if it kind of rolls in your fingertips, if it's kind of loose in the skin. That's definitely better. Um, not to say that we can't get serious growth that occur in the skin, but it's a lot better for the pet in most scenarios if it's loose in the skin, especially if we're talking about having to do some kind of surgery or removal on things there. Um, so so I think that sounds somewhat favorable. And size-wise, how big is this thing? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Okay. All righty. And, and just in general, if it's something that changes very fast, gets very big very fast, or changes in the texture, how firm it might feel, then it definitely gets my little radar up. And I would certainly address that um, a little bit quicker than putting it off. Um, right. But, yeah, and your veterinarian may want to, you know, more than just examine the area. Sometimes the best thing we can do is just take a, a needle biopsy, a little sample of that, and make some uh, microscope slides. We can look at that in our laboratory or we'll send that out to a pathologist. And that is kind of how we can make that determination. How concerned do we really need to be? Because the honest truth is you can't detect cancer by feeling. As much as, you know, I might like to think I have good instincts, it's impossible to tell um, just by feeling, even using those characteristic guidelines that I mentioned. Um, so that needle biopsy might give you that peace of mind to say, okay, maybe not a big deal. Or, okay, this is something we really need to address and look into. Hope that all turns out okay, Daryl, and that she gets a clean bill of health with that checkup. This is Dr. Debbie. We're here for your calls at 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hey, Linda. Have you been working out? I've been shopping at Rite Aid. Huh? Yeah, it's Happy You Year at Rite Aid. You can earn all these great rewards just by shopping. I got dance fitness sessions. Rewards for shopping. Happy Me Year. It's Happy You Year at Rite Aid. Earn rewards from bowling to exercise classes to vacations for every $50 you spend on participating products with your Wellness Plus card. Now through January 24th. Certain restrictions apply. Value and types of rewards will vary. See RiteAid.com slash year for details. You know canine caviar for their great human-grade ingredients in your dog's food. We now continue that tradition in excellent pet nutrition with seven single-serving cat food trays. We love our cats and dogs, and that's why we're featuring all human-grade tuna, salmon, and chicken proteins with other hand-chosen ingredients to promote proper nutrition. They're in environmentally friendly, recyclable, BPA-free plastic trays. Look for canine and feline caviar products at your local pet supply store or online. For more information, call 800-392-7898. Ugh, cold winter weather. It makes my skin so dry, itchy, and irritated. Can I get some help, please, for this winter skin of mine? Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing has the strongest non-prescription itch medicine available. 
Its seven moisturizers help heal skin, so you'll stop itching and start feeling relief fast. Ah, my skin feels like it's been on vacation, even with 10 inches of snow outside. Itch-free, worry-free, Cortisone 10. Use as directed. Now is the time to get down to your local Kubota dealer for a great deal on a new Z700 zero-turn mower during Kubota's Gear Up and Go sales event. Need maximum productivity? Want outstanding terrain performance? How about an ergonomic design for optimum control? The Z700 is the new standard for turf care professionals. And right now, you can get great financing, a great price, and great terms. See your local Kubota dealer now. For more information or to find a participating dealer, go to Kubota.com. Hey, this is Brian Petillo. I play Lucas Roberts on Days of Our Lives. You're listening to Animal Radio. And please don't forget to have your pet spayed or neutered. That's my favorite saying from Bob Barker, by the way. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio, toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Reach out to the Dream Team, Tippi Hedren, actress Tippi Hedren just around the corner. And uh, they, all these pictures, and I remember these pictures that you brought in this morning of uh, Tippy. well, actually of Melanie Griffith with her lion. Is that a lion? It's got to be lion. It has a man. Yeah, name. it has a big, yes. Uh, the lion named Neil apparently hung out with him. It looks like in this picture they're doing homework, Melanie Griffith, who I got to say, you know, it was either me or Antonio Banderas for Melanie Griffith. And she, she chose Antonio, and it didn't work out for her so i'm just saying you know i don't know if she's moved on <laughs> but uh, anyway tippy hedron's on the show in a few minutes <laughs> yeah i don't know, didn't even comment there yeah this wednesday at our facebook page we continue with the wacky wednesday and uh if you have a wacky picture of your pet we encourage you to upload it and if you don't have any just go look at all the wacky pet pictures that we seem to collect over at the facebook page which is now a great waste of time for me because I see so many great videos and pictures over there. You can get lost in it. You really can. You could you could just go over to look at this picture right now or sign up and then three hours, hours later. later. <laughs> <laughs> what have I been doing on Animal Radio's Facebook page but looking at all these videos and wacky pictures? If you upload your pictures this week and you are selected as the number one picture and that's voted by the likes, you will win. Behind door number three, we have a great package from Fresh Dog. Now, this is a great cleaning package. It includes the original all-natural dry shampoo powder, a waterless bath foam, their best-selling natural colloidal oatmeal shampoo, and conditioner. Mm. It's a great package from Fresh Dog. You'll have a Fresh Dog, I tell you, if you use these products on them. And if you want to pick up on those and win those this week, head on over to our Facebook page at Animal Radio. And let's take one for Dr. Debbie. Hi, Kathy. Hi, how are you doing today? Good. Dr. Debbie's right here for you. Hi. All right, thank you. So what do you got going on there? Well, I have a two-year-old. Um, she's a female, short-haired. I got her. She was um, only a day old. Our mom abandoned her. and Anyway, she celebrated her uh, two years of uh, being here, but she has a problem that I can't quite figure out, and I don't know if it's uh, emotional or if it's a physical problem. Um, we've had several cats, and I've seen them chase their tails before, but nothing like this one does. She actually uh, gets angry at it. She'll bite 
her tail. She'll actually hiss and show her teeth, and she goes in circles one way and then goes in circles the other way. Anybody that's ever seen her, they think she has a problem, too, but um, uh-huh. I didn't know if this was something that, um, you know, and, and she doesn't do it all the time. It's kind of like... Um, We'll be sitting and watching television, and all of a sudden, maybe she'll start doing that. Uh, and it's not like she's starving for attention. I'm there all all day with her. And mm-hmm. when she's doing that, you can't touch her. She won't have nothing to do with you. And I what if you do touch her? What, is she, what does she do if you try to touch her at that moment? Well, when, when you try to even approach her, she just runs off, and then she just continues to growl and goes in her circles or, you know, still upset with her, her tail. And uh, it seems to be that tail that she doesn't seem to be able to control. It'll slap her in her face, like, you know, and she, she'll she continue to run around. And, like, I thought she'll go in circles one way. She'll stop, and she'll go in circles the other way. And all the time that she's doing that, she's growling or uh, trying mm-hmm. to, and sometimes she does catch her tail, and then she doesn't know what to do. She just gets angry at it. Does she bite it or injure it in any way? Well, she not, I, I don't think she's drawn any blood or anything like that um she does occasionally catch up with it like even when we're she sits in my lap she will uh start growling and then her tail i we actually will hold her tail down to seem to keep it from twitching and doing its little thing and she seems to calm a little bit uh that's if she's in our lap otherwise she's and it's just really strange um don't know what to do with her Alrighty. Now, does she have any other problems where she, um, like if you pet her, does she have any problems where she, her skin crawls or she tries to attack you if you're petting her? No, no, but you know, she does have one other thing and she doesn't do this to anybody else but me, but like I'll be standing and I'll maybe have my arms, uh, to my side and she'll actually jump up and kind of almost nip at me, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't do that to anybody else. It just seems to be she likes to get even with me, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and, and then does she have does she have any kind of skin uh, sores, uh, anything where she's chewing herself, itching elsewhere like on her body, anything like that? No, no, okay. no. She, uh, well, let me uh, back up. About, oh, three months ago she did have some little... Um, like a, a little red mark, and we ended up going to the vet, and they did give us some topical, but then it was gone, and he thought it was just an irritation of some sort, you know. A, a, mm-hmm. a, but that's not her tail. That was more like by her groin, you know, or her back area there. But um, this is just a tail thing, it seems to yeah. And, okay. Well, this isn't unheard of. I mean, it may seem like you're the first person to have to deal with this crazy behavior. Um, but yeah, we do see this. And, uh, the good thing for you is that she's not traumatizing that tail. Cause I do see cats that, um, will start to, uh, attack their tail, chew it. And I've actually had some chew it down to the bone where we have to amputate oh. the tail. And the causes of this behavior can be from a different, a couple different sources. Um, there's some overlap, so it does take a little bit of some looking to figure out what we might be dealing with. There are some kitties where it's just a behavioral problem, almost like an OCD kind of thing. Um, and uh, for them, you know, sometimes we'll talk about behavior meds. Um, uh-huh. There are kitties that have skin disease, things like allergies, 
food allergies. And that can, it's generally also we see other skin-related problems going along with this. So it's not always just the tail that they try to attack or that they're bothered with. They generally also will chew, lick, or have other types of skin problems. So if that's any possibility, then I'd encourage you to have your veterinarian do kind of like a skin workup, um, you know, whether we're looking into allergies with diets or medications or what have you. Um, we get into some of the more bizarre causes of tail chewing and attacking the tail for kitties. And those are um, pain syndromes and what we call hyperesthesia syndromes. Um, those are kind of a little bit more unusual, but we can see some kitties that have uh, spinal problems or types of uh, pain that can affect the the very far nerves into the tail area. And and those are kind of a little trickier to figure out. And if there's, you know, she sounds like she's a young, do- a young kitty, so probably not horribly in the arthritis category, but for old, old cats that do this kind of thing, I definitely check them for spine arthritis, hip problems, because we can see some problems where they'll start to mutilate their tail. Um, but for your, for your little baby, I would say that I might go looking towards some of the uh, behavioral possibilities here. Um, if we're any at all worried about something like um, a neuropathy or a pain type problem, it would be kind of the equivalent of in people where we have like the pins and needle type sensation. And, um, you know, if you're a cat and that happened to you, you can almost imagine what a cat might do. So um, in some of these situations, chewing on the tail or attacking the tail would be consistent with that type of uh, a pain um, response. Um, so for some kitties, I'll put them on a drug called gabapentin if we're worried about um, that kind of pain that they might be having. Um, so a little bit of some challenges. Like I said, the good thing for you is that she's not um, injuring herself at this point uh, with the tail. So you've got a little bit of time and room where we can try some things. Animal Radio is underwritten by Natural Balance Pet Foods, the finest food and treats you can buy for your pet. No matter which formula of Natural Balance Pet Food or solution-oriented treat you choose, it will truly be the food for a lifetime and a treat to treat them right. Visit naturalbalanceinc.com to learn more. Hi, I'm Jimmy Van Patten, and I'm here to talk to you about our solution-oriented treats for cats and dogs. Natural Balance Pet Foods offers several nutritious treat formulas with tasty solutions for pets. Our treats feature unique ingredients ingredients like venison, duck, and salmon, accented with cranberries and pumpkin, and offer grain-free options. At Natural Balance, our philosophy is to provide pets and their owners the food for a lifetime. Natural Balance treats truly treat them right. For more information, visit naturalbalanceinc.com. Times are different than they were when Geico started saving people money over 75 years ago. Everybody takes photos of their food nowadays. You can bet none of us kids would snap pictures of mom's tuna casserole surprise. To this day, we don't know what the surprise was, nor do we want to. We didn't always have tasty food, but we always had great car insurance with GEICO. GEICO, saving people money on car insurance for over 75 years. Really? No way. Hey, I'm Eric from Sam Adams, here to get craft beer drinkers' reaction as they secretly taste Sam Adams' Boston Lager. It's got a good body. It's got a great taste. It's very smooth. I, I like that. Think you've had this beer before? No. This is Sam Adams' Boston Lager. Sam Adams! Like, <laughs> I was going to say Sam Adams. That's easy to drink. It's tasty. It's a very flavorful, drinkable beer. Smooth, but it does have flavor. I love a Boston Lager. What this test did is it put Sam Adams back on the map for me. Boston Beer Company, Boston Mass, St. Louis Boston As a retired teacher, I look for ways to save money for the things I love, like traveling the world. Medicare plans change each year. 
Fortunately, my HealthMart pharmacist helped me understand my insurance, saving me money on prescriptions. And they can help you, too. My pharmacist cares about my health and the things I love, whatever that might be. HealthMart, caring for you and about you. Visit HealthMart.com for the locally owned pharmacy near you. The Movie Man Six Second Review starts now. A dark cloud hangs over the new night at the museum, and it's so unfunny, I'm even embarrassed for the monkey. I'm out. Do you have trouble skin or acne? With Proactive Plus, your acne can heal, and you can help prevent new breakouts from happening. Call Proactive Plus now and receive a 60-day free trial, along with two free extras and free shipping. Call 800-677-6111. That's 800-677-6111. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster & Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order. Visit fosterandsmith.com. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Well, it is still a few months off, but we'll all have to start thinking about filing those income tax returns pretty soon. And in some cases, your pets can help you out. Now, if you have a cat, you know they're always ready to help you sort out the receipts. But I mean help with the bottom line. If you foster an animal, you can deduct some of the associated costs. It's legal. Things like vet bills, food, grooming, they all qualify as charitable deductions, which are deductible up to 50% of your adjusted gross income. Here's the catch. Once you officially adopt the animal, the animal is no longer considered a foster, and bye-bye to the deductions. Now, here's some other ideas. You can also deduct the expenses associated with a guard dog that is used to protect your business and inventory. And if you need a pet for a medical reason, there are deductions available there, too. To meet the IRS standard on that, the animal has to be trained and certified as a service animal. This appeals court action, I love this thing, it's being heralded as a possible turning point for pet guardians. The Maryland Court of Appeals has ruled that a jury can award damages to pet owners for the emotional distress they suffer following the injury or death of a beloved animal due to gross negligence. The court let stand a $200,000 award to Roger and Sandra Jenkins of Tannytown. Their Labrador retriever was shot and killed by a Frederick County Sheriff's deputy when he went to their home to serve an arrest warrant on their son. Their attorney praised the court for moving past this very outdated concept that animals are property to be owned and replaced and instead deeming that pets are valuable family members. All right, so how much would you spend to save your best friend's life? For a man in Pittsburgh, there apparently was no cost too high when it came to saving his 8-year-old Japanese chin. That's the name of a breed. It's called a Japanese chin dog. It's kind of like a Pomeranian, sort of. Esme needed open-heart surgery to correct a problem with his mitral valve in his heart. M. Dylan Raskin spent $32,000 on a special surgery. He even flew in an expert veterinarian from Japan to do the procedure. And apparently M. Raskin is not alone here. He says pet owners from all over the world have been contacting him, wanting to be put in touch with that Japanese vet to see if he can help their pets as well. And by the way, Esme is doing just fine. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies. Visit FosterAndSmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. 
Doctors Foster and Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian owned with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster and Smith has thousands of name brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. At Stella and Chewy's, they're dedicated to the simple proposition that pets should be healthy and happy. Their commitment to quality starts with their ingredients. Every Stella and Chewy's product is made with raw, naturally raised meat, poultry, or fish sourced from USDA-inspected facilities without added hormones or antibiotics. Unlike commercial pet food, which is one of the most highly processed products on the planet with much of its nutritional value cooked away, Stella and Chewy's dog and cat food is nutritious and delicious. Learn more at StellaandChewy's.com. Geico Motorcycle presents Reflections from the Road. Let me tell you, the road is a much more relaxing place since I switched to Geico Motorcycle Insurance and started saving money. With that taken care of, now I can think about deep, important things. Like how come it's a pair of pants when there's only one of them? A real brain teaser. But hey, at least saving money with Geico Motorcycle is as easy as pie. What does that mean anyway? Geico Motorcycle Insurance. See how much you could save. If you have a dog that pulls, like I do, come here, Max, and let me put on the halty harness. The halty harness will help your dog stop pulling by providing front body control. Check out the halty range by the company of animals. It includes the halty training lead, halty head collar, halty training harness, and the OptiFit head collar, which comes with a DVD training guide. To find a halty range retailer near you, visit www.companyofanimals.us. It will change your life. Good boy, Max. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Some people say I look like Antonio Banderas. I don't think so. But uh, you remember all the pictures of Melanie hanging out with a lion, Neil? Oh, yes. Uh, like in the living room and doing homework. And it was kind of widely publicized back in the, uh, should I say, early 70s? You'd probably be correct. Anyway, we welcome back Tippy Hedren. You know, Tippy. Hey, Tippy. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you. We were just talking a few minutes ago how we got the honor to stay <laughs> at your sanctuary back in 2004, oh, I think it yes. was. And it was just amazing to listen to the roars of the, the animals the, the at chirp. night. Yeah, isn't that amazing? You know, I live on the preserve, but uh, and I hear them roaring all the time. But to stay in that tent uh, where you're so close to it is just another experience oh absolutely phenomenal so the sanctuary that you have which is up in uh it's acton right is it acton it's outside of acton yes and you have how many animals how many uh wild cats do you have there uh now 32 holy moly and i remember i think when i was there didn't you also have an elephant we had two yeah okay we have a lot of brand new listeners since the last time we've spoken, which has, by the way, been way too long. <laughs> uh, but uh, I want to tell listeners what's going on there at Shambhala. And you have a, uh, a reserve of uh, mostly wild cats that have been rescued from what kind of situations? Well, they're all uh, lions and tigers, leopard, mountain lion, um, and some of the lesser cats. 
but they've all been born in the United States to be sold as a pet, which is uh, an unconscionable act to breed these animals to be sold to people who don't really know what they're like, because they are, you know, literally serial killers. Now, when you had uh, Neil hanging around the house, Neil was a lion. Is that correct? Yeah, that was. He was a lion. He was a. He was um, the first lion that we met. Uh, all those years ago, I think it was 1972, something like that. And uh, he he was kind of a working lion. Uh, his trainer would bring him over every now and then so that we could kind of get an idea of what they're like. And, um, you know, that trainer didn't pull any punches with us. He, you know, let us know that they are dangerous animals. And uh, it's fascinating to me because... Uh, we were learning about the animals, and yet the press just gave us all kinds of... Uh, they made it sound like Neil was staying with us, and that it was all... Those were all photo opportunities that we did, and um, he never spent a night at our house. When you look back upon it, what do you think? Uh, well, we were learning sure. about them, and we had to, to in order to do this this movie that we did uh, because of the length of time it took to do the movie uh, I became terribly aware of the fact that these animals were being bred and sold in the United States yeah. for financial gain well you're working on legislation aren't yeah. you yes with, uh, I worked on my first legislation was in 2003 uh, to stop the interstate traffic of these animals and that one passed, I believe. Now, the the one that... Uh, yes, it did. It passed unanimously in the yeah. House and Senate. But the bill that I'm working on now to stop the breeding, there are so many people that don't want this bill, you know, because it cuts out their livelihood, and um, a lot of static is coming from the breeders of these animals to stop this bill. And it's a huge business, and our government doesn't like to stop a business that's huge. According to U.S. Fish and Wildlife, it's on a par with illegal drugs. Sure. And, uh, so what, what would you say to somebody who says, oh, I, I've seen pictures of a pet lion or a pet tiger, and I'd like to certainly have one of these cute little well, cuddly I'd say things? absolutely no. Absolutely no. And I would tell them about the personality uh, personalities and, and even deeper the instinctual dictates of these animals to take out any animal that is sick or old or lame, whatever. Mm. And it is, and they have to do it. They have to. It's an instinctual dictate. For those that don't remember, you created, well, you, you were working on a movie called Roar. Yes. And then out of that came the Roar Foundation because yes. a lot of things happened on the set of Roar that were pretty ugly. What happened? Uh, well, we had, um, we had seven different accidents. Uh, a, a couple of them during the you know the filming, and um, uh, <clears throat> I was hurt. My daughter was her face was scratched. Our uh, DP was almost killed uh, uh, by one of the one of the lions. Uh, I, I mean, it was it was really it was really frightening at times, and. Uh, you know, so we were becoming more and more aware of this situation. And uh, after the film was over, uh, I, I uh, started working on the on the bills to stop this insanity. 
Are and you... I, I will continue in the next session as soon as I can find uh, uh, someone to sponsor it. So uh, knowing what yeah. you know now about these animals, would you do anything differently going back, having you and your children around these wild animals? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> uh uh, you know, you, you you can always look back and say, you know, no hindsight. Yeah, hindsight is really amazing. Uh, but uh, you know, it seemed like this was this was destiny. I was supposed to do this in order to get the get the awareness going that this uh, that these animals. Um, you mean that's a silver lining? Uh, that's the silver lining. Yes. Okay. Yeah. How can people learn more? The website. Uh, yes, yeah, Sh- uh, our website. Um, Which is shambhala.org? Yes, it is. And we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over there at animalradio.com. Well, that, that would be wonderful. You sound so good. You sound oh, like you I'm haven't fine. aged a bit. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, um, after the seventh accident, where, where this, uh, the, one of the men who worked for us, um, he hadn't worked for us for very long, um, but... You know, there are solid rules when you're dealing with these animals. Absolute solid rules that mm-hmm. you never do. And one of them is never turn your back on a sleeping tiger. Mm. And he did. And he was he was in, in uh, one of the compounds and he was cleaning. And, of course, when you clean, you have to bend over and, uh, you know, to pick up. You know, you've got the wheelbarrow and the shovels and... and um, that tiger woke up and said, oh, look at that. He, <laughs> <laughs> Rump roast. <laughs> yeah, and he grabbed him by the neck and d- dragged him around in a figure eight in the compound. If it hadn't been for Chewy, who is our head uh, animal person, uh, in there with him, uh, that man would have been dead. Yeah. And, uh, and that was the day that I said, okay, never again. Do we have any of the trainers going in with the the cats? Well, the the thing is, is they can change so rapidly. I oh, mean, they, in split second. Yeah. And you don't have a chance. I support your bill, and I hope it gets oh, passed in 2015, and hopefully we'll talk again to uh, celebrate its success. Well, I hope so. The bill is titled Big Cats and Public Safety Protection Act. And we'll go ahead and put links and information about that over at AnimalRadio.com. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tippy, for spending some time with us today. Well, I, I hope we can do it again. There's a whole lot to talk about. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hey, Norman, how are you? Great. How are you doing? Very good. Well, Judy's telling me that you're an inventor. Yeah, yeah, my wife and I uh, became inventors a couple of years ago. What, kind of what, not, not planning so. <laughs> not planning to be a, sort of an accidental invention? Uh, yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly how it happened. What happened? What is it? What did you invent? Well, basically my wife was bugging me for quite some time about wanting to get a cat. And well, quite honestly, I was more of a dog person, but uh, she persisted and I made a, made a comment that if we want to get a cat, that she had a promise to clean the litter box herself. And she did. And so we got, I got our cat for a birthday. And wouldn't you know it, it was about a day later that I found myself in front of a litter box scooping up <laughs> all these things. 
presence. <laughs> Funny how that works, huh? <laughs> and actually, I come to find out after uh, going through that that um, you know, litter boxes are the number one reason that cats are returned to shelters because you know, mom and dad buy Susie or Johnny a cat with a promise that they're going to clean it, and then uh, they end up not doing it, and then the cat ends up back in the shelter again. So you you have a solution to this problem? What what have you? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, our solution is called the uh, Cats of Thrones. Um, shameless plug: catsofthrones dot com. It's a toilet seat for cats. A toilet uh, seat for we cats. Don't actually, yeah, we don't actually try to get a cat to use a human seat. We actually have designed a seat that goes underneath the human seat, and it provides comfort, stability, support for the cat. And the best thing of all right now, we have a 100% success rate with every cat ever on the system. Really? Well, this is cool. Now, my wife is always complaining that my aim is off. Uh, with this, <laughs> w- will the will the cat's aim be any better? What? How does this work? What does it look like? Explain. Since this is radio, I'll hold up a picture, but I, I think you should explain. Well, and I, actually, you know, um, even for your aim problem, I can fix that, too, because if you... Uh, <laughs> If you follow the steps in the system, there's a small. We start off as a full litter box. We use our own dissolving cat litter, uh-huh. and our, our litter box has drainage holes in it. So all you gotta do is uh, you bring your litter box, wherever it is in the house, get it into the bathroom, have it sit next to the toilet for about one week. Then you attach our system, uh, put our dissolving cat litter in there, sprinkle one tablespoon of your old cat litter on top of our cat litter. That establishes the odor for the cat. And then about a week or two later, you open up a hole in the center of our uh, of our box on top of the toilet. And by the way, that hole is a perfect aiming uh, area for for young men and boys. Um, <laughs> but then that hole just progressively gets larger. And as it gets larger, the cats uh, begin to walk out towards a on a platform that we have specially designed within our seat. So by the end stage or stage six, it's a, a six stage system. The last stage of the system, there's no litter, no drainage. It just has a, a platform for the cat to stand on, and they make it in the hole every time. I, see, I can imagine they'd want to scratch and cover it. Yeah, the reason that cats are scratching so much is they're trying to uh, you know, get rid of that odor. Uh-huh. And what, what cats begin to realize with this system is as everything's going into the water, the water displaces that odor better than, than any cat litter that I've ever found on the market. How long does it take to go from step one to step seven, training the, your cat to well, do that? Well, you know, it, it, it varies on from, uh, obviously, the cat's behavior. Some cats like water, others are a little bit apprehensive with it. But uh, we've seen cats go from as quick as three and a half, four weeks. Uh, that was actually our first cat. Our, our second cat took five months. Well, i got to tell you right now that I already have to wait for two girls and my <laughs> wife to get into the bathroom. And now it would be, the cats we have four cats, so yeah. I could never get into it. This is a great idea. All kinds of interesting people listening to Animal Radio. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we, heard, your, we heard your show just as we were actually going to a, uh, a pet show in Orange County, and we heard your show, and thought we had to give you a call about it. Baby. We're taking your calls toll-free at 1-866-405-8405 for Dr. Debbie, your dog father, Joey Villani. You can also ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download, thanks to Drs. Fosters and Smith. Hey, Greg, how you doing? <laughs> Hi, I'm very well. How are you today? <laughs> very good. <laughs> Greg, I heard some yapping, and I thought your voice changed there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's my little trucking buddy here. He's uh, a little over three years old, been in the truck with me ever since he was pocket size. Wow. He's not much bigger than that now. What kind of dog? I have a little, uh, well, the the breeder told me it's called a tiny toy uh, chihuahua. He's kind of between a teacup and a toy. 
Okay. And uh, cool. a solid red and black brindle, and uh, was born tailless, actually. His mother was tailless. Interesting. Oh, so he's got a little yeah. something. I, I love tailless pets. I, I've had several of them. So. Aren't most of your pets at home tailless? <laughs> Me? Yeah. I've had a cat that had a tail. Well, it's artificially, you know, had to amputate one of the cat's tails, one of the dog's yeah. tails. You know, they just kind of keep, we chop body parts off our pets all the time. <laughs> but what not can really. I do for you? Well, I, yeah, I'm not going to chop your uh, pet's body parts off, but um, what can I do for you here today? Well, my little friend here has a girlfriend at home that's about 14 and a half months old. Okay. And she just recently came through her second cycle. And okay. I don't know whether they were active really or not. Never caught them at anything, but we didn't really try to separate them. Okay. And I, I'm hoping that she's not too young. How would we know? When would we start seeing any symptoms or any signs or anything? Okay. First question, is she too young? No. Generally, we do prefer a dog to be bred on their second cycle. Um, we okay. just hate for them to get pregnant around that six-month mark. It's kind of like a teenage pregnancy. So um, so you're okay there. Now, as far as pregnancy-wise, duration, dogs are pregnant for about 63, 64 days. You know, significant physical changes you may not know for a full month or so. And the trick is that dogs can also have false pregnancies. So that can also look like they're pregnant and even produce milk. So um, some of these physical changes, they're not foolproof. But, you know, we would be watching for weight gain. An increased appetite usually kicks in about a month into a pregnancy. Um, and then it's a couple weeks later that we actually will start to see things like milk production. Um, but some of the behaviors like nesting, where a dog will kind of build little beds or, you know, try to find a little comfy spot to sleep for the pups, that can also happen with a false pregnancy. So sometimes um, we have been fooled, both veterinarians and people alike uh, that have pets. So um, one of the things I might suggest is to actually have your baby taken to the veterinarian um, about three to four weeks after p- possible breeding time, and they can do an ultrasound and look to see to diagnose pregnancy. And that'll help kind of put a timeline on things as well, because we can age the pups based on the size of the puppy's skull. Um, and that will help you in preparing for, you know, when um, we might be having some babies delivered. Okay. We can always do x-rays as well when we get a little further along the lines, about 45 days after breeding. But by that point, things are, if you're asking, are we pregnant or not, usually it's a little bit more apparent by that point because you're a little further into it. Okay. My other question, I guess, that in, in parallel to that is I, I think she uh, has not yet had her one-year shots kind of chastise my wife on that. She's kind of let that slide, and would that be something that you would want to wait till we know for sure whether she's pregnant? Absolutely. Don't vaccinate a dog that we suspect could be pregnant. There can be some problems with that. So, um, but yeah, shame, shame. We always want to make sure our pregnant babies are um, caught up to shots, caught up to date with their shots beforehand, because that means the babies will have a little better chance at immunity uh, to many diseases. So, okay, thank. Thank you. Thanks for your call, Greg. 1-866-405-8405 to connect with any one of the Dream Team. Could be groomer Joey Villani. Right now, Dr. Debbie answering your calls. Hey, Lisa. Hello. How are you doing? Doing good. Where are you calling from? California. Montebello, California. Montebello. Okay. Well, you're on with the good doctor here. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing super. What kind of pet uh, question do you have here today? I have a Cocker um, Terrier. Okay. uh, He's about 14 years. He'll be 15 Okay, he's a senior fella then, huh? Yes, he is. He's a senior. And um, I was just curious because, okay, he already lost his eyesight in one eye. 
And then uh, he has um, a cataract in the other eye. You think okay. it's a good idea if I operate him? Um, well, I mean, he is a bit up there in the years. Did these cataracts come on all of a sudden, or were they gradual? I guess gradually, but, you know, the doctor never told me the vet. When, when I when I took him, I said, well, it looks like if he has a, a cataract starting in his eye. And uh, mm-hmm. he says, uh, does he bump himself in places or whatever? I go, yes, he does at times. And so I just, he never told me to go to a specialist or nothing, and and then when I mm-hmm. took him, it was already too late because the specialist, uh, she told me that, you know, that his eye was already scratched and all that, and, you know, she could really not do much, just give me some eye drops and some ointment, and that was it. So now, yeah. I, see his eye, now I see his eyes getting, well, it's getting white already. It kind of depends on what we're talking about getting white um, as far as because dogs can have cataracts, which are a whitening of the lens inside the eye, but they can also have a white change on the outer surface of the eye, the cornea. Um, and we can see that um, as well, especially in cocker spaniels. They can get some corneal disease as they get older. I, you know, I guess it's hard for me to say in that situation, but I would say that cataracts, yes, in an older pet, they can be addressed surgically, um, but it is a decision that I really kind of look at the pet's overall health and also how they've coped with their vision loss. Um, if your pet was a eight-year-old dog, I would not hesitate to recommend the surgery because it's wonderful for restoring vision. At 14, I think we have to kind of really look at um, our overall longevity and his overall health right now. Before we put him through a major surgery like that, um, I would just want to make sure that he's in good health and that's really in his best interest. Now, uh, the other, the right eye is getting white. Oh, okay. Yeah, and if that's a recent change, then I would definitely have it at least checked out. Um, you know, if your veterinarian's not quite sure and you can't tell what's going on, because sometimes it's a um, a lot harder to see in through these eyes that are very hazy, then you might have to set up that visit with the ophthalmologist where they can use their special um, instruments to look further back into the eye to see if you know if it's worth uh, worth the possibility. But I'd have to say, you know, 14 years of age, um, I would probably be focusing on making sure he's comfortable in those eyes, um, maybe rather than going for a full gun surgery to to take cataracts out. But I would still say, go see and have that eye evaluated. I I still think it's very important to make sure we treat for ongoing problems in there. Thanks for your call, Lisa. Hey, I don't want to forget to mention that if you have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or Mini Schnauzer, be sure to check out the ultimate authoritative guardian's guide. Uh, Dr. Debbie wrote these, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend, Yorkshire Terrier, Shih Tzus, Pugs, and Mini Schnauzers, and they're over at Amazon, plus we have links over at AnimalRadio.com. Have yourself a great new year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. This is Animal Radio Network.